This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation, like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Extra 106.3 would like to welcome you home. This is the All Four Seasons Home Show with Jim Niarcos and Dan Watkins, only on Extra 106.3 FM. Welcome to the All Four Seasons Home Show with your sponsor, Dan Watkins. I'm Jim Niarcos. Good morning, Dan. Good morning, Jim. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, buddy. I tell you, you know, you and I were talking just before the show, and you were you were saying how amazed you are. How people come up to you all the time and tell you that you listen to the All Four Seasons Home Show. They do. We we are we are getting a following for sure, Jim. I mean, I'm I'm actually surprised at how many people when they when they see me and know who I am that they're yeah. that they're bringing up the show. So uh, thank you all for listening to us. Yeah, well, that's great. You know, a lot of good information every year. For those of you who just join us, every year, we ha- I mean, every week we have a different uh, topic with a different subject matter expert giving you consumer advice on how to make a good decision, save money, and not get ripped off. And so, anyway, everything's going good here at the station, Extra 106.3, part of the Dickey Broadcast. And we've got Nick, uh, Neil Bortz with us, the uh, talk master, Kim Peterson, the Kimmer. Got Tug, Rhino, and Carlos on the morning extra every six to nine, buddy. I tell you, this is the place to be, isn't it, Dan? It is. It is. It's a it's a hot station right now. People are looking for the truth, and uh, there's not a lot of places they can look these days. So, no, uh, sir, there's not. Keep tuning in here, and and you'll get the truth. Yeah. Well, Dan, you know I'm pretty pumped. You know I'm pretty pumped. This is my favorite show of the year. <laughs> it's the most wonderful time of the year. I know you're excited, Dan. I can see it on your face. Jim, you're you always get a little more excited <laughs> than me this time of the year. But uh, I know you do get excited about your Christmas. You love Christmas, and you know maybe if I didn't own the business I own, I might get a little more excited about Christmas. But it's it's yeah. a lot of work for for uh, all four seasons and everything that goes on. And, well, and I know a lot of people understand that, but. There is a lot of fun to be had too at Christmas. Yes, there is. It, 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 there's some. There's a feeling in the air, a spirit that that there really is a Christmas spirit, Dan. I believe that. And the seasons are changing, and it's not too early now. It's it's time to get organized here, especially guys like you who like to decorate a lot and stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. You and your lovely wife Angela. You know, you guys go all out over there in East Cobb, right? Well, the, the funny part of if you haven't heard this show before. <clears throat> Is my wife absolutely loves to decorate. I mean, you you should you know the, the house for Halloween. You should have seen that. Right. And Christmas time. It doesn't matter the season. She's got we've we've got more decorations than you can imagine. Well, you know um, the 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 whole thing about Christmas that centers around Christmas, around every home, around every business, around every church and organization is the Christmas tree. Okay. And when it comes talking about the Christmas tree, I don't care if you're talking about the history, okay? I don't care if you're talking about what kind, how to care for it, how to decorate it, what kind to choose. We've got the subject matter expert here every year, comes to the All Four Seasons Home Show and makes a sacrifice because he's running 24-7 this time of the year, okay, for his business. Welcome back to the All Four Seasons Home Show 
the king of Christmas trees in the southeast, Mr. Matt Bowman from Tradition Trees. Matt, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. It's uh, I always look forward to, to coming back here. We were we were talking before the show here. When did we start? I think 2016 or 2017 with yep. with uh, you two. And Jim, I didn't know you had that uh, smooth baritone there for uh, the most wonderful time of the year. That was great. Well, uh, you know, it's uh, sometimes uh, I can surprise people, right, Dan? <laughs> Jim, Jim has the voice. Nobody nobody realizes it, but Jim's got a really, really good voice. And I have a radio voice, too, for you folks listening out there. Anyway, please share with our listeners a little bit about yourself personally, how you got into the Christmas tree business, and then we want to talk about the origin of the Christmas tree. People don't even know why we bring a cut a tree down from outside and bring it in, how that all started. But first, let's hear about Matt Bowman. Sure, and it does seem a little crazy, right? To uh, to to get a, a live tree and, and stick it in your house. It does. Uh, it is a little <laughs> wacky, but it's a, a great story behind it. But personally, uh, my name is Matt Bowman. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. I was born in in Piedmont Hospital uh, many moons ago, and uh, I've been selling Christmas trees since I was 18 years old, and I'm I'm 45 now. So uh, you do the math. I don't do public math, but uh, yeah. you do the math. It's been it's been a long time, and I've I've just gotten to uh, gotten really into the business when I was a kid. Uh, my mom's a, a good Irish Catholic and just really made Christmas special for my brothers and my and my dad and uh, with all the all the trimmings and trappings that you can imagine. I'm sure uh, Dan, your wife and, and my mom could could get along <laughs> swimmingly uh, talking about decoration. So she really went above and beyond to make make Christmas special. And when I was uh, when I was you know the latter years of my teenage years, I, I kind of got into selling trees as just a a, a way to make a couple bucks. Um, and before you know it, over time, people really seem to uh, to like what we do. Uh, we really, really made a big effort from the beginning to make Christmas easy for folks. So we offer deliver inst- delivery installation and then removal and recycling uh, packages for folks, as well as uh, decorating people's homes with lights and uh, garlands and wreaths. You know, you, you name it. We're a we're a full service Christmas company, um, and just being dedicated to that kind of gives us a little competitive advantage. It's hard for other businesses to kind of jump into Christmas and, and do all the stuff that we do. And um, we've we've been uh, well established in Atlanta for a long time now. And uh, just really excited about the upcoming year. I'm happy to report that uh, all the trees coming out of North Carolina and Tennessee and Virginia, all the Appalachian trees are in really good shape. And actually, the West Coast trees are in, in good shape, too, as well. Uh, we do recommend getting out early. Uh, we offer the ability to buy online. You can you can buy a tree online, pick it up at one of our locations, or we'll deliver it for you without even having to uh, leave the comforts of your couch. We do recommend buying early, though, because we are kind of on the tail end of the shortage. There's definitely going to be not enough trees in the kind of eight to 10, even 11 foot range. If you've got that big, big uh, vaulted ceiling that you can stick a big tree in there, we certainly recommend buying early because those are going to be the shortage uh, trees this year. Um, Folks have always asked me, hey, it always seems like there's a shortage every year. And uh, for the past five or six years, that has been true. I let everyone know it really is. It's it's hard to think about this, but it really is a product of the recession from 2008, 2009, 2010, when farmers just didn't have enough money to put trees back in the ground. Following that, the nurseries that grow the seedlings to put in the ground were like, well, hey, we don't have quite as much demand, so they therefore limited what they were producing as well. So by 2014, 2015, it seemed like we were getting um, out of that uh, supply chain challenge, but these trees go, grow so slow. Most of your your fir varieties, that's your Fraser fir, your Douglas fir, your Noble fir, they just don't grow very fast. They grow about a foot a year. They're all growing in the mountains at higher elevations, and their growing season just isn't all that long, so they really only grow about a foot a year. So you, you can do the math. We usually put a tree in the ground when it's uh, two or three feet tall, and it's already um, – uh, two to three years old at that point, and after that, it's going another foot a year. So, uh, to get a seven, eight foot Christmas tree, you're really looking at 
um, you know, at least eight, nine, sometimes even 10 years in the ground, depending on the genetics of that tree. So uh, back to not getting enough trees in the ground from 2009 to 2014 or so. And, and here we are, you know, seven or eight years after that, and we're kind of getting, getting through that. But uh, the bigger trees are going to be in, in short supply this year. So, so get out, get early, get, get, get that tree. Go ahead and celebrate. Why not? Exactly. Well, it sounds like the Christmas tree business it's been in your DNA since <laughs> since you've been a youth. It's it's your destiny. Uh, no doubt about it. And, and it's it your is, passion, right? It is. And and uh, we joke about it with all the the folks in the industry. Um, the sap gets in your blood, right? You just uh, uh, this time of year when the it's with a the, sticky the, subject. Yeah, it, absolutely, absolutely. The, the wind gets cold, and the you know the tree the leaves start falling off the trees, and your 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 blood you feel that sap in your blood. You know it's time to get ready for Christmas. Well, Dan was talking to me beforehand. We were talking about you know. How do we start bringing a, a doggone tree from the forest, cutting it down and bringing it into our house? What's the history of the Christmas tree that we hold so sacred? It is a it's a it's a it's a fascinating uh, story, uh, you know, kind of <laughs> shrouded in, in the the origins are certainly shrouded in mist, but it, it really started back in uh, in Central Europe and Germany um, before it was even known as Germany. Uh, the the tribes in that area. Um, they would always have a celebration around the shortest day of the year, right? The winter solstice. Uh, so that was, you know, normally falls right around December 21st or so. So they had gotten in the habit of, of cutting a, an evergreen tree and bring it in, into their, into their cave or their hut or whatever, whatever kind of, uh, homes they had, uh, way back when. Um, and it would kind of give them that, that sense that, Hey, hope is around the corner. Spring is coming, uh, you know, green and all that good stuff kind of gave people that impression that, Hey, the, the cold, lonely nights are, are coming to an end at some point. Point. We've just celebrated the shortest day of the year with this uh, evergreen that we've stuck in our home, and it just became a, a, a tradition there. Um, and then as Christianity started to spread across the continent, there was uh, a gentleman by the name of St. Boniface. And in the 10th century, he had he saw what these pagan tribes were doing. He was a missionary, and he was trying to find ways to explain the concepts of Christianity to these folks. And when he saw them putting an evergreen in their homes during the, uh, the winter solstice uh, time of year— he saw this analogy that he could make with the triangular form of the Christmas tree. He could make the analogy to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. So it was a great way for the church to kind of absorb this tradition that had been established with all these uh, tribes in, in Europe and help to bring about Christianity by using the, the, the triangle shape to explain the, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. So that kind of uh, started, started going. And really by the, the, the Renaissance and the Middle Ages, you had um, a lot of folks in Germany following this tradition. I think in 1441 in Riga, Latvia, they put a big Christmas tree up in the town square. That's a tradition that they celebrate to this day. Uh, there's a woodcut picture of Martin Luther and his family celebrating with a Christmas tree in their home. So, you know, that's in the middle of the 1500s or so. So, so by the 1500s, 1600s, Germany was getting pretty darn Christmas tree crazy. Uh, and when it really took off for, for America and um, more of the, the British culture was in, in, the, in the middle of the 19th century when Queen Victoria married Prince Albert. Prince Albert was a German. He was from uh, the Bavaria area of Germany. And his memories of, of his childhood Christmases were filled with big, giant Christmas trees in the castles and everything everywhere that they were. So he brought that tradition to England. In 1841 was the first time they set up a Christmas tree in Windsor Castle. And wouldn't you know it, it just became a huge deal. So really they have by, I think by 1847, they have um, records of uh, Christmas tree lots popping up in London and, and other folks around England just going out to the woods and chopping one down and bringing it in their house. Um, and before you know it, uh, that same process was happening in America. Certainly some of the immigrants from Germany that came over in the 16 and 1700s 
brought the tradition with them. And then as it became more popular in England, certainly Americans uh, jumped right in it. And there was a uh, there was a gentleman by the name of Thomas Carr, and he is kind of the the patron saint of uh, of Christmas tree retailers. He was the first guy to bring Christmas trees to Washington Market in New York City in 1851. He sold trees under seven feet for a nickel and trees over eight feet for 25 cents. I'm going to hold you up. Don't go away. We're all, we're up against a break, Matt. But you're listening to the All Four Seasons Home Show with Dan Watkins and myself, Jim Nearkus, and Matt Bowman from Tradition Trees. Don't go away. This is the Christmas Show. A lifetime of hard work, children laughing in the kitchen, family photos on a restaurant wall, a legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation, like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Marketing is everywhere. From the billboards on the highways to the notifications on your phone, we are constantly bombarded with people trying to sell us stuff. What makes good marketing? Are you doing enough in your life personally and professionally to market yourself? You have questions, and the Marketing Mad Men have answers. Search the Marketing Mad Men on Google or your favorite podcast provider to get practical marketing advice from expert guests who are shaping and reshaping the business world. They say marketing is a madman's game. Join the Marketing Mad Men every Saturday at 4 p.m. to find out why. This is the All Four Seasons Home Show on Extra 106.3. Welcome back to the All Four Seasons Home Show with your sponsor, Dan Watkins. I'm Jim Nearkus. We want to remind you to download the Extra 106.3 FM app so you can stream anywhere seven days a week, 24-7. Right, Dan? That's right. Anytime you want to get, you get a bad signal, you want to hop on, maybe you're traveling around the country, who knows, you can... Pop that on and listen. Listen wherever you are. And you know we're simulcast too. So when you're when you're listening to Extra One Hundred Six Point Three FM, you can also tune in to twelve thirty AM. So if you're out outside the perimeter, you get a stronger signal with AM. Go to twelve thirty AM. And of course, we we put everything out on podcast. Dan, Apple, Google, Spotify, right? Yeah, come uh, check out a show if you missed one or you're in the market for. Somebody, you know, one of the one of the companies that we had on, and and you're interested in their products, you can. Kind of become an expert uh, just takes about 40, 40, 45 minutes, and uh, you'll know what you're getting into with your project at home. And speaking of experts, this this week is no exception. If you're just joining us, we're, we have with us Mr. Matt Bowman of Tradition Trees, giving us the 411 on Christmas trees. And we were talking about the history of uh, of this sacred tree that we, we hold so dear, and and if you could kind of take off right where you left off there, Matt, with uh, how the Christmas tree ended up coming here to America. Sure. Yeah. So we were we were right there in kind of the, the middle of the 19th century in the 1850s when uh, an entrepreneur started bringing Christmas trees to to New York City and doing kind of the traditional retail Christmas tree lot that we that we know today. Um, and as uh, New Yorkers started buying trees and, and other folks obviously would still go to the woods and cut one down, uh, before you know it, the nascent little Christmas tree industry was born. And, and by the turn of the century, uh, most major cities had uh, folks trying to retail 
Christmas trees, the the beginnings of some farms were happening as well. Uh, prior to like the the twenties and the thirties, folks really would just kind of either go out on their own. Sometimes they could permit through national forests and and uh, some, cut some some wild trees down and and bring them to metropolitan cities and started started selling them. Um, and it obviously became a big hit, right? I mean, everyone has memories of of Christmas trees. Uh, by the by the early nineteen uh, hundreds, they were putting a tree up in the White House every year. In in nineteen twenty one, Calvin Coolidge actually. Uh, was the master of the ceremonies for the uh, the big tree on the Washington Mall. Uh, so it's been a part of the government for for a long time as well. And of course, everybody looks forward to uh, what's the White House going to look like this year with uh, with with Christmas decorations. Uh, there's some other famous trees like the, uh, the of course Rockefeller Center. Right in uh, in 1931, the Rockefeller family decided to try to lift the spirits of everybody. That was the kind of the heart of the Depression, and it was uh, it was tough times. And uh, the Rockefeller said, "Hey, let's put a let's put a huge Christmas tree up in Rockefeller Center and try to." Try to brighten some spirits around around town, and uh, of course, that became a great tradition that everybody looks forward to every year. And in fact, that's kind of a fun process in and of itself. Of like, how do they figure out what's going to be the Rockefeller Center tree this year? Well, there's actually a committee that works to uh, to determine that tree, and they take solicitations. So there's a lot of people who say, "Hey, I got this great 75 foot Norway spruce in my front yard, and it's getting too big. Can you would it work for the for the Rockefeller tree?" And of course, they're scouting out uh, around around there wherever they live to see if there's anything out there. And uh, you know, as obviously as a as a lover of Christmas trees, I'm always kind of like, oh, that one would make for a good Rockefeller tree. But it's always a big process. I think they uh, uh, folks like seeing okay how they're going to cut the tree down, and then they're going to uh, get it onto a big flatbed truck, and then get it into into position and lift it with cranes and get the lights on it. It really is amazing to watch them do those big trees. It's uh, there's been a couple instances where they've had some challenges where there's you know a tree snaps in loading or unloading, and so they always have to have a backup plan. But uh, it's uh, it's a monumental undertaking, obviously. And it's always that. a real tree, right, Matt? It is. None it's of this always, artificial that's, stuff. That's exactly right. It's always a, always a real tree and uh, uh, something to look forward to every year watching that watching that big tree go up in in Rockefeller Center. Um, and then again, so back to the history of, of kind of retailing and, and Christmas trees in America. Uh, speaking of artificials, the '50s was when we first started seeing the the plastic artificial trees in all those kind of retro colors, the pinks and the whites, the and silver uh, tree with silver the rotating tree, color. Sure. Wheel. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and you know, all those things are are, are still out there. And again, obviously, I'm partial to a live tree, but we're always happy for anyone to uh, to celebrate Christmas and and uh, remember the the reason for the season, and of course, the reason to get together with family and friends and all that good stuff so we want you to get a real tree but hey if you if you have to get an artificial you do right now that makes up about um it, it's almost close to 50 50 in any given year there might be a few more who get a real tree or a few less that get an artificial um we've over the years we found people there's a lot of folks who who try an artificial and think oh this is going to be easy we'll do the we'll do the artificial tree and then uh within two or three years they're back to buying a real tree because the lights aren't working or it's tough to assemble or there's a branch missing or something like it's that it's not the uh, same it isn't it, it, it's not the same but uh, at the same time, we're just happy for folks to uh, uh, choose to celebrate Christmas, and and we'll allow it. I guess is what I would say. Uh, well, listen, uh, when you talk about trees, I know there's a lot of different kinds out there. What what is like considered the Christmas trees? Sure, uh, like a lot of things, right? It's uh, kind of in the eye of the beholder. But uh, here in the southeast, here in Atlanta, um, the the Cadillac of Christmas trees is the good old Fraser fir. 
it is native to the Appalachians. You can still find wild groves of Fraser firs. Um, but beginning in the in the late 40s and 50s is when farmers in in Western North Carolina started farming Christmas trees as a as a commercial crop. Uh, in the southeast, they grow um, really about seven different types of Christmas trees, and the National Christmas Tree Association recognizes eleven different types as official Christmas trees. That being said, you know if it's evergreen and it it can it's got needles sticking in your house, it's a Christmas tree, right? But uh, the Fraser fir is by far the most popular here in the southeast. There are a couple pine varieties. The Scotch pine, in particular, is another uh, popular tree down in South Georgia, where they can grow uh, Leland cypress is a is a wonderful Christmas tree as well. Sometimes that doesn't hold up quite as well as, a, as one of the fur varieties, uh, but we'll also get uh, canane furs, concolor furs, Douglas furs, noble furs, grand furs, and silver tip furs, and then there's also a subalpine fur. I don't know if that's more than 11, uh, but it is. there's plenty of, wow. of different Christmas trees out there, and they're all really cool, you know? I mean, there's they each have their own different um, <laughs> styles and looks, and, and, and people enjoy them for different reasons. Like, uh, again, here in the southeast, that that classic Fraser fir is is what most folks like. A lot of our folks come on the lot and they'll say, "I don't know the name of the tree that I like, but I know the smell." Right? That's what people remember about the about the Fraser fir. It's got a nice deep dark color, green color on the on the top of the needle. The backside of the needle is a uh, kind of a silver color, and it's a short needle. It's uh, you know maybe an inch or so. Uh, the the uh, the attributes of the Fraser great smell. Nice, sturdy branch. It can hold the, the heaviest of ornaments, and it also holds up really, really well. If you get a fresh cut on that tree, keep it in water for the, for the season. Keep adding water to the base of that stand. Uh, it'll last the whole season. Uh, another personal favorite of mine, the Douglas fir. It's a great tree. It, um, we get some of those from Pennsylvania here on, the, here on the East Coast. It's got a great citrus smell. It's a little lighter shade of green, but it's kind of a, a different smell. The branches aren't quite as sturdy as the Fraser, so uh, when we do Douglas, a lot of times we'll just kind of leave them lit without a whole lot of balls on them and really kind of have that, that nice conical shape, beautiful smell, and, and beautiful kind of silhouette with the, with the lights on there. Um, another popular one that's come on strong in the last 25 years or so are noble firs. We get those from the West Coast. They grow on um, uh, kind of the, the west banks of the, of the Sierra Nevadas and, and the, all the mountain ranges on the West Coast. Uh, they're used to kind of a more wet environment, getting a lot of you know, cloud cover and stuff from the, coming right off the ocean, but they're a beautiful tree. They kind of have a nice stacked growth where the, the branches kind of grow in circles stacked around the tree, and um, it's, a, it's another tree that holds up really well. As long as you get a fresh one, get a fresh cut on there, uh, it's another beautiful tree. But, uh, again, beauty's in the eye of the beholder, and uh, uh, thankfully Atlanta's a big city. We get a lot of different types of Christmas trees in here, and you can find one that you love. Well, I bet our audience would like to know what type of Christmas tree is in the Bowman household. It is a Fraser fir. I mean, uh, you got you know, you you go. Go, to go with the best. I uh, Some years are better than others in terms of sometimes I'm able to actually pick one out of the field that I want. I'll put my name on it, and yeah. we'll we'll be looking for it when it comes out of the farm. Uh, at the same time, I look at a lot of Christmas trees every year, so it doesn't necessarily right, uh, right. N- uh, need, to, need to do that in the field. But uh, that's kind of how I spend a lot of my time in July and August is walking through the fields. Our company grows. Um, we're, we're micro on the farm side. We have a couple leases up in North Carolina. We've got about 15,000 trees in the ground. But, um, again, those are all different sizes, different stages of growth. So I've got great relationships with uh, a number of farms, and um, that's what I'll do is I'll just jump in a, jump in a, jump in a truck with, uh, with the farmer, and 
we'll just walk up and down some slopes. It's a long day, and uh, we'll we'll say, hey, I want this field, I want that field, that kind of thing. Um, it's cool too. I, I didn't go out this summer, but I did last summer. I was out in uh, in Oregon in September, looking at Nobles, um, which is again just fun. It's kind of again, it's a it's such a unique industry. Uh, meeting all the farmers and meeting the people who are involved in the in the business. Right. Uh, we all know. I mean, hard work is is you know involved obviously in, in most businesses out there. Um, so it's just fun to kind of meet those guys that uh, know how how tough it is oh, yeah. and. Um, um, it, it, it's fun to do. Uh, and again, just go to other parts of the country and really check out the, the beauty of, of, of our great of our great nation. Dan, what's your favorite Christmas tree? You've heard about them all. What what, what would be your choice, Dan, um, in the Watkins household? Listen, mine is is the um, the easiest one to put up. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, speaking of when you put these in the house, I, I know you got to try to keep them refreshed, keep these trees refreshed. Tell everybody out there what they should do to keep your tree in the best shape so it's going to last all the way through, really New Year's at least, right? And sure. And that's what people are, tend to be look, looking to keep their tree uh, up. No, abso- so absolutely. How, how do we keep those trees in good shape? Sure. Uh, I'm going to even take it a step further back. It really starts in selecting the tree. You want to make sure that you're selecting a uh, a nice fresh tree. Um, some of our competitors in the big box stores, you got to think about how many trees they're cutting to supply their their customer base. They're cutting a lot of trees. Sometimes I'm sure there, there's farms that supply some of those stores that are cutting right now. Our farmers don't cut until really uh, two or three days before they're going to get on the truck to come our, come to our locations. That's why we try to buy from small farmers so they can be uh, you know responsive to what our needs are. But when you're shopping at, at a at a Christmas tree lot, there's kind of a simple test. If you grab a branch and you pull backwards towards yourself on the branch and if you look down in your hand and you see a lot of needles in your hand move on pick out another one and if you end up seeing a lot of trees that kind of have that i would recommend kind of going to another retailer and and trying to find ones that are a little bit fresher uh good retailers are also going to keep their trees in water we give our trees a fresh cut when they get to atlanta and then when we get them displayed they're in water so they're drinking water the whole time that they're in here uh, once you found a nice fresh tree at your uh, at your local retailer, the next move is to make sure that they put a fresh cut on that tree before you take it home. Or if you're not going to be able to get it in water for a long time, make sure you put a fresh cut on it when you get it home. Certainly recommend doing it at the lot. It's a little bit easier for uh, for everyone involved, mm-hmm. and, and we recommend that our customers actually bring their stands to us because we'll put the stand on for free, make sure it's nice and straight, and make sure that uh, it's going to hold up over the course of the year. But you take a fresh cut. It's about a a uh, half inch cut off the bottom of that uh, uh, bottom of the tree. If uh, if we can harken back to your your eighth or ninth grade biology, and you remember the xylem and the phloem in, in plants, these are the kind of the veins of the tree that help drink uh, water, and it's like a cut flower. You need to uh, make that fresh cut to open up the 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 veins of the tree to drink some more water, uh, or it'll sap over, and that sap will get hard, and and it'll still be sticky, I assure you, but it won't uh, it won't let water pass, and that's why we're getting that fresh cut open. The white wood in the center of the tree doesn't do anything as far as drinking goes. There's folks who ask us to drill a hole in the bottom of the tree so it'll soak up more water well it might soak up some water but it's actually not going to do anything for the to, for the tree you're really just trying to cut that little quarter inch of of bark on the outside of the tree to open up the uh, again the, the xylem and the phloem to get that th- thing to drink so fresh cut super critical if you can't get it in a stand at uh, at your retailer get it in a bucket of water you usually have about um, you know three hours or so after you get that tree cut where it'll still be plenty of plenty of fluid flowing in it but if you wait three or four hours it's going to make sense to put a fresh cut on that tree uh, before you get it in the home once again once it's in the house 
uh, once it's in the house, we want to make sure that we're using a stand that has a, a big water capacity. Obviously, safety first, right? We want to make sure that that tree holds up. Um, we get a lot of customers who come try to save a couple bucks and go and get that uh, uh, you know big box store special that's like a nine or ten dollar cheap plastic stand, and we just don't recommend those. Most of the time, they don't have enough water capacity. Number one, and they're just kind of flimsy. We use a uh, almost exclusively, unless we're using a, a big big commercial stand for some big trees. We use a, the Cinco stand. It's a great American company. They manufacture everything out of Houston, Texas, and they are really the the standard in the business. That's the Cinco Christmas tree stand, and it holds a ton of water as well. So we we really recommend that stand. So you want a good solid stand and one that's going to hold a bunch of water. Why? So you're not underneath that tree every two hours filling it up. Believe it or not, a seven to eight foot tree can drink a gallon of water a day. Wow. Yeah, wow. they can really wow. drink a lot. So you really want to have, that's where it makes sense to have a nice big water capacity on that stand. And you really still want to check it every day. Believe it or not, when you first get it in the home in a couple hours, that, that water might have already already been drank out of the tree. Uh, so a lot of water in the stand, fresh cut, turning off any heat <clears throat> vents around the tree is uh, going to make some sense too. Obviously not too close to the fireplace and, uh, that thing should last through through the new year. You know, one little question to that, though. You, you keep talking about the fresh cuts. I mean, is there a need to make another fresh cut at any point when you have it in the house and kind of re, you know, do it again? You know, uh, in, a, in a perfect world, no, uh, right? I mean, that, and that's the kind of the key part about keeping water in the stand. You always want to have water in the stand because if it does go dry for even a couple hours, it's going to uh, it's going to dry up and not, not take any more water. That being said, too. A lot of times after you know a week or so in the house, the volume of water that that tree is drinking is going to go down a little bit because it's been able to drink a lot. It's feeling nice and saturated. Kind of, It's just like you or I. If that tree is thirsty, it's going to drink, right, if it's, if it's able to. So uh, we have done kind of uh, – uh, you know, rescue sessions where we'll kind of score the bark when it's in the street because it's hard to take down, obviously, if it's already decorated and all that right. all that good stuff. So uh, the key component is that fresh cut on the front end and really monitoring and making sure that stand's always got a bunch of water in it. You know, Dan, there's so much more <clears throat> to the to to the quality of the tree, how it's brought here, how it's taken care of, how the the Christmas tree lot t- takes care of the tree and preserves it. We're talking about quality. You know, when you're out there and you see these Christmas tree lots, everybody in the world selling Christmas trees, they're not taking care of the tree. They're not preserving the tree, the quality of the tree. I just hear quality, quality, quality here, Dan, with tradition trees. Well, and it makes me think about the big box stores, right? I mean, I don't right. see any of that stuff. No. I just see these things wrapped up and pulling them out of a semi. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're, I'm assuming there's a pretty big difference when we're when we're dealing with a tree that way. Yeah, there absolutely is. I mean, the... the um, the USDA actually monitors everything agriculturally, right? So even even Christmas trees. So there's different grades of Christmas trees. Um, we carry uh, anything from a number two to a premium. We basically the sellable trees are number twos, number ones, and premiums. Uh, a lot of farmers sell what would be considered like a premium slash number one mix because uh, it really is hard to hard to tell the difference. You can tell the difference with a number two. Might have a, a couple more holes in it. Just for whatever reason, that tree didn't get to you know full beauty uh, for for what we consider you know good on all sides, all that kind of stuff. Um, and certainly, again, the big box stores, they're, they're supplying a ton of Christmas trees. And you can get a good Christmas tree at the big box stores, but you got to spend some time, be selective, all that good stuff. You'll see them coming in on pallets and everything like that, and then they really don't take care of them. They just kind of put them in some bins. It's up to you to hold them up and, and take a look. Hey, wife, do you, does this look good? You know, let me. And then, hey, spin it. Look on the backside. So we really try to uh, – 
uh, have all uh, as many trees as possible displayed where you can look on all sides of it. We're happy to go to the back and get a get a get a fresh one. That's actually one of the fun things to do is you find that customer who really wants the perfect tree and they don't see anything they like on the floor. We'll we'll run to the back and pop open a a, a one that we haven't processed yet just for them and. Uh, I've got a, I call it the Jedi mind trick. I, I kind of know what they're looking for and I can pick it out where it's still bundled up and right. uh, come say, this is your tree. Boom. And sure yeah. enough, a lot of times they'll, they'll take that one. Well, you know, I think what happens a lot of times, Dan, is people pass by and they see it's the Boy Scouts, it's the high school band, it's the Knights of Columbus. It's it. Well, if I'm going to spend money on a tree, let me, get, let me get a tree at this lot because it goes to a good cause and it's charity, whatever, right? But what people don't know about tradition trees, and, that, and I'm prompting you because I want you to talk about it, is you guys donate and give back to the community, too. And you, you donate trees at, at different places, but more than that, too. Go ahead and talk about how you how if somebody buys a tree at Tradition Trees, they're making a good decision that way, too. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And it, it's something we, we talk about, but we don't necessarily brag about, right? We, we do think, uh, we always say, don't forget the reason of the season, right? And, and, and that's, you know, talking about Jesus and the, and the examples of, of Christianity. And so we, we do know it's a time of giving, and we love to give back. And we, uh, we've been partners with great uh, not-for-profits in the area, from Children's Healthcare of Atlanta to the Atlanta Community Food Bank, Eastlake Foundation, the Friends of Winship Cancer Institute, we give a percentage of our sales every year to these organizations, as well as, as you mentioned, we donate a ton of Christmas trees every year to uh, uh, the YMCA uh, and, again, ACFB. There's just a ton of worthy charities that uh, we help out with, uh, uh, you know, getting in, the, getting in that Christmas spirit. We're really blessed in Atlanta to have so many great not-for-profits, right? Whether it's Children's Healthcare, the Atlanta Community Food Bank, Winship Cancer Institute, there's just some great places in Atlanta that need our support. And and by being able to give, obviously giving cash is a great thing too. But just kind of making the workplace better for some of these folks who are who are going in there, we love we love doing it. You know, it's a it's a great part of uh, of what we're able to do. It's it really is a blessing. You know, speaking of the tradition, why we're doing this, uh, you know, with the Christmas tree. It is about Christianity, and, and unfortunately, especially these last couple of years, we've seen, you know, between the media and so many people just tearing statues down our history of this country. I mean, the culture, any country needs its culture, and, and we're a pretty young country. Um, and this is obviously one of those, you know, this is one of those times where we, we really need to protect our Christmas and, and protect what we're doing. And just, you know, hearing you talk about that a little bit, I mean, everybody needs to focus a little more on that. Maybe with some of our other things too around, sure. the, you know, not just at Christmas time, but but Jim really focus on our, our oh, culture, yeah. how important it is. So you're saying do. it's okay that we say Merry Christmas it's, on this it's show? It's okay <laughs> to say Merry Christmas. It's okay it's to a, have it, traditions. It's okay to say Christmas tree and not holiday tree. That, that's that absolutely right. Okay, I just want to double People check on that. People need to stand up and, and say that, right? you know, about a lot of things. So, you know, absolutely. not to get on a rant here. Folks, but. this is Extra 106.3 FM, Atlanta's only conservative news talk and the home of Fox News Radio. We don't give a rat's butt if people don't like it when we say Merry Christmas, right, Dan? That's right. We're going to say Merry Christmas. Go out of our way to say Merry Christmas. You better believe it. And it's a Christmas tree. That's what it is. And we, right. we prefer a real Christmas tree. You so, know, speaking of the real Christmas trees, um, there is one downside to them, and that can possibly be some fires always get started every year with the real Christmas trees. 
what are some of the safety precautions you need to take to make sure that doesn't happen in your home? Sure, absolutely. Uh, there's a couple things. As we talked about before, keeping that stand full of water, letting that tree drink, shutting off any heat vents that are going to be near the tree. Uh, if it's uh, obviously don't keep it near a, near a fireplace. And then, of course, lighting the tree. Uh, everyone likes to have some Christmas lights on there. Uh, at this point, the technology's gotten to the point where we it's not as big of a concern, right, uh, because we're using LED. You can still use incandescent lights, but they do get hot. You can only string so many of them together. Uh, I think everyone knows the good Christmas story with uh, the dad in the basement with all the fuse boxes and stuff like that where uh, incandescent lights just really pull a ton ton more amps. So uh, using a good LED light uh, where you can really just put almost as many lights as you want on there. We actually pre-light trees for some of our customers. We use uh, about 100 lights per foot. So as you can imagine, these trees are, are really well lit. Um, but, yeah, taking care to, uh, to make sure that tree is always watered, uh, keeping it away from heat sources, closing off heat and using good old LED lights for uh, for lighting them up or, or what we recommend. Cool. How about tips on how to decorate a tree? What are some basic tips? Yeah, we, uh, again, it's uh, beauty's in the eye of the beholder, right? So it's fun to, uh, there's just so many options. Again, being in the business, I usually do two trees every year. I'll do one with uh, multicolor lights because that's what the kids really like. And then we'll do kind of the classic white light for uh, for kind of our main tree. But um, uh, again, any there's different light bulbs, there's different colors, there's different size bulbs, all that good stuff. Um, when I was growing up, I remember my mom used to use kind of the retro uh, scene nine light bulbs it's kind of uh, almost the size of your finger a uh, big bulb and in different colors and it'll burn you too man. it will absolutely you're right if you if you got too close again thankfully we got with the led where they're uh, right. not not generating too much heat right. but um uh christmas lights i mean if you want to get uh uh, you know, the most well-lit, we'll, we'll wrap every branch with mini lights of, yeah. of that tree. So that's yeah. where you get that 100, 100 uh, lights a foot. Um, with uh, the bigger bulbs, you don't necessarily have to do that much draping. Um, uh, then there's also obviously decorating outside the home, which yeah. uh, which we can get into. Safety first, right? If you're going to be on a ladder, if you're thinking about getting on your, your, your roof. I'm going to yeah. stop you right there sure. because we don't want to miss anything Matt Bowman has to say. We're up against a break. You're listening to the All Four Seasons Home Show here with Dan Watkins, myself, Jim Nearkus, and we're here with Matt Bowman from Tradition Trees. The best is yet to come. Don't go away. A lifetime of hard work, children laughing in the kitchen, family photos on a restaurant wall, a legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation. Like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Marketing is everywhere. From the billboards on the highways to the notifications on your phone, we are constantly bombarded with people trying to sell us stuff. What makes good marketing? Are you doing enough in your life personally and professionally to market yourself? You have questions, and the Marketing Mad Men have answers. Search the Marketing Mad Men on Google or your favorite podcast provider to get practical marketing advice from expert guests who are shaping and reshaping the business world. They say marketing is a madman's game. Join the Marketing Mad Men every Saturday at 4 p.m. to find out why. This is the All Four Seasons Home Show on Extra 106.3. Welcome back to the All Four Seasons Home Show with your sponsor, Dan Watkins. I'm Jim Nearkos, and if you're just joining us, 
Wow, what a show. This is our last segment. Don't go away. We've got Matt Bowman here from Tradition Trees talking about everything to do with Christmas trees, the history, what kind of trees, how to decorate, how to preserve it, how to keep them safe, and how to decorate your home. I mean, man, this is this is a great show. And 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 like I said, if you just join us, you know, check out the podcast because we're out there on Apple, Google, Spotify. You can hear Matt out there. We put out the podcast. It's also on the Extra 106.3 FM website, all our shows all year long. You don't want to miss what Matt has to say because what a, what a great, what a fountain of information he is when it comes to Christmas in general. Well, he is. I mean, and we love having him on the show for that, but he also runs a a, a pretty big business that does a lot of has a lot of services around Christmas time, and I want to make sure he gets a chance. He's to, like Holiday Inn, the most accommodating people in the world. Dan. He, okay, he is. so he's, he's he'll come spend a, spend the night with you on Christmas <laughs> if you need it. But in all seriousness, talk a little bit about some of the services because it's not just the Christmas tree. Sure, I mean we uh, one of our, our core tenets is to to make Christmas easy, right? There's so much going on with Christmas parties and shopping for the kids and in-laws are coming in town, adding some stress by getting that Christmas tree in the house, getting lights on the house. I mean, that's a lot of work, and it can be pretty darn stressful. So we've, we've built a lot of services around Christmas, including delivering and installing and then removing and recycling your Christmas tree. Our guys will bring a tree right into your house, put it wherever you want, and then after Christmas we'll come back. We bring our tarps. We bring our shop vacs. We move furniture, whatever you need. Christmas comes, and then Christmas goes. It is a, uh, it's a great service. We're uh, – we really don't lose customers, honestly, because once people kind of experience the ease of it, it's kind of like, well, why would we ever do it uh, ever again? We'll, we'll have uh, husband and wives. In fact, we've got a we've got a pa- an online uh, package. It's it's called the Marriage Saver, right? Because uh, we get the tree up, it's straight. Uh, there was no fight on, hey, it needs to move to the left. No, 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 it needs to move to the right. And and uh, Christmas comes and Christmas goes. So we make it super easy. Uh, and we also have crews out who will come out there and put the put the lights on your house. I did want to touch on that for a minute, just about uh, hanging Christmas lights. If it's something you want to do yourself, uh, obviously we want you to be careful. We want you to use kind of a best practices approach to to being safe. If you're not, if you haven't been on a ladder a lot, please be careful. There's uh, YouTube University, right, can tell you all sorts of ladder safety stuff. But uh, certainly, if you're going to be on a ladder, be, be safe with that ladder. Um, with uh, lighting, uh, let's just talk about lighting a, a tree in your yard, right, like a little maple or something like that. We always recommend uh, lighting from the top down. So choose how high you want to go. And you can start spiraling around the tree, uh, pick out a handful of branches and, and go down the trunk. We usually use about a palm width as our spacing for uh, wrapping a tree uh, for uh, out in the yard. And again, if you start with the female end on top, work your way down with the male end at the bottom, then you can plug it in, obviously, when you, when you get to the bottom. Uh, pay attention to your, your engineering as far as how you're going to supply power to that. If you're going to put an extension cord across a walkway, maybe try to set it into an expansion joint or something like that so you don't create a trip hazard. Just little things like that. And we've, got, uh, we've actually have some YouTube videos up that talks about uh, safe, safe lighting for, uh, for, for us up on the uh, houses and all that good stuff. But the easiest thing to do is to give us a call or give us a text even at 678-964-7066, and we can tell you about all the things we can do to make Christmas easy. You know, Dan, as you know, I'm of Greek descent. I'm Greek Orthodox, okay? And we make sure that tree's up by St. Nicholas Day, which December 6th is the Feast of St. Nicholas. I don't know if you knew that or not, Dan. You sure. probably did know it. You're I, just holding back. I but did anyway. know, but I forgot. Okay. So we get that tree up, and then we keep that tree up all the way up till January 6th, January 7th. So your Christmas tree is really a good investment because you can keep it up and enjoy it a long time, right, Matt? Yeah, absolutely. Again, it's back to taking good care of it, making sure you keep water in that uh, in that stand. 
Um, and there is a bunch of different – what's cool about Christmas is there are so many different traditions, right? As you were speaking, the, uh, the Greeks do one thing and the, the Eastern Orthodox do this and the Catholics do this. And it's cool because it's all, you know, around Christmas and all celebrating uh, the birth of Jesus and having the, the fun times and good times with friends and family. But, uh, yeah, certainly we have um, – We'll start seeing the Eastern Orthodox come out around the 22nd, 23rd, looking for deals because they're not going to put their tree up till till that late and, and yeah. keep it up for a long time, right. as you said. We've also got some other folks who are, uh, you know, Christmas comes and let's get it out of here. Right. We'll, we'll be we'll be taking Christmas trees out on the on the 26th, believe it or not. What is this tradition about having? And I know Dan wants to do this, having several Christmas trees in your house, not just one, right, Dan? Now you want to have one in the family room, one down in the man cave, right? One in the bathroom, one on I the mean, porch, right? uh, wherever. Just take yeah. them all over the house, right, Matt? We certainly encourage all customers to buy as many Christmas trees as their hearts desire, right? But uh, yeah, it's kind of fun. You know, some some folks, some families get a, a tree for their kids where the kids can kind of handle decorating it and stuff. A little smaller tree for the That's playroom. That's a great idea for Benny and Jackson. There they want to eat their own there tree, Dan. My, my oldest one, he loves decorating yeah. Christmas trees. We, we bring a bunch of different size trees. We have little two or three foot tabletop trees. This is for folks who who maybe are traveling on uh, going home. Younger people who are going home for Christmas, they can just plop one on their table in a, in a small apartment. But just just a way to get the the scent, the scents and the smells and all that good stuff. Just get the spirit of Christmas in their home. What about the use of real wreaths and garland? Is that a good idea or not? Uh, we think so. Certainly, again, there's just nothing like having that real material. We build our own wreaths. We, we put all sorts of different materials in there from, you know, Fraser fir and juniper and uh, magnolia branches, all sorts of different stuff. And uh, we certainly love using, using real, real wreaths and real garlands. And what's the average lifespan of a tree once it's up, considering that you bought a good quality tree and you're taking care of it and keeping the water in there? How long does a tree last? Honestly, four four to six weeks is pretty common as long as you take good care of it. Uh, we do have some customers that really like to enjoy that tree. We'll we'll take trees out till uh, kind of middle of January, believe it or not, and some of them are fresh as a daisy. Looks like we could sell them on the lot that day. Wow! Speaking of that, disposing of one. Sure, absolutely. Well, we uh, we love people to have a green Christmas, right, by uh, making sure that they recycle their tree. Uh, Christmas trees make a great mulch uh, for, for planting in the spring. It's actually highly acidic, so it works really well with uh, around blueberry bushes and your hydrangeas. It'll uh, some of those plants that like like more acidic soil. So we uh, we do recycle every tree that we uh, dispose of when uh, we come to your house and pick it up. Well, that tree will 100% be recycled by the end of the year. So there's a couple other spots around town. A lot of fire stations will take your your old Christmas trees too to uh, to recycle them. So we highly recommend getting them recycled versus putting them in the landfill. Well, Matt, we're at the end of our show. It's just been a great show, hasn't it, Dan? Yeah, it went fast. Do you have any special incentives for our listeners who might want to come out and choose a tree from traditional trees? Sure do. We're going to put a promo code up on our website uh, for the, we're going to call it Four Seasons, uh, for the All Four Seasons show here. Um, you can put that in the promo code if you want to buy a tree online. If you want to come on to one of our locations and pick one out yourself, just mention uh, X. Extra 106.3 or the Four Seasons Show. We'll make sure we get you a little discount. Uh, again, it, we do make it easy. You can shop online at www.traditioncompany.com. Uh, you can also call us or text us at 678-964-7066. We can answer all your questions over text or phone call and uh, get you set up to make Christmas super easy. Well, you have several locations, too. Do you want to touch on those? We do. We're covering uh, covering the city pretty well. We've got our main location in Shambly at 4761 Peachtree Road. We've got another location in the southern end of uh, Sandy Springs near um, Chastain Park at uh, 230 Windsor Parkway. Got another location in Buckhead at 3002 Peachtree Road, down in Little Five Points at 333 Moreland Avenue. 
and we're going to be at Oakhurst in Decatur at uh, 630 East Lake Drive. And we've got a little small lot that's going to be a ton of fun at Pont City Market in uh, in Midtown there. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Matt Bowman, Tradition Trees, Dan Watkins, All Four Seasons Garage Doors, Garage and Entry Doors that make it possible for the All Four Seasons Home Show to come to you every week. You folks have a very, very, very good uh, holiday season, and we're going to be back next week, so don't go away. This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Marketing is everywhere. From the billboards on the highways to the notifications on your phone, we are constantly bombarded with people trying to sell us stuff. What makes good marketing? Are you doing enough in your life personally and professionally to market yourself? You have questions, and the Marketing Mad Men have answers. Search the Marketing Mad Men on Google or your favorite podcast provider to get practical marketing advice from expert guests who are shaping and reshaping the business world. They say marketing is a madman's game. Join the Marketing Mad Men every Saturday at 4 p.m. to find out why. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.